that's my job, and if I can't. And we are back with another episode of the Hugh Finger Podcast with the great and powerful Manny Alvarez. How you doing today, bud? Pretty good, man. Thanks for having me here. Uh, not a problem. Thank you for coming on the show with us. Um, so you recently started your own business. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about this before the show. Parkai? Parsai? Parkai. Parkai Apparel. Okay. Cool. Um, first question before I get into the other stuff. Why Parkai? So there's a lot of meaning behind the word. So Parkai are the Roman goddesses of fate and destiny. Ooh, I like so, that. Yeah, the, basically the fates. Okay, cool. Well, mm-hmm. that solves that curiosity. Well, I'm going to start with some mundane questions just to get to know you so the audience can get to know you as well. Uh, so where were you born? So I was born in California. California, what part? L.A. L.A.? Actually about mm, 30 minutes south of L.A. in El Monte. Really? Mm-hmm. What was that like? I was only born there back when I was uh, about two years old. My mother took me to Mexico. Okay. And I lived I lived in Mexico from when I was, I believe, three. It's a little, it's just stories. Right. I think three to six, and then we came to the U.S. Okay. Do you have any memories from Mexico? Oh, yeah. What's, yeah. like, the most prevalent in your mind? Um, so we moved around a lot. Um, we spent a lot of time in a place called Chiapas, which is south of Mexico, right next to Guatemala. It's okay. very rural, very okay. tropical. Ooh. Like back when I lived there, the milkman still delivered milk <laughs> in a, on a horse. What? So That's it's, awesome. It's crazy, man. Uh, but everybody knew each other. Yeah, like a small community? Very small. That's awesome. Yeah, very small community. So what was childhood like in America growing up as a young Latino? Was there any challenges that you faced that you noticed that your fellow, like, quote-unquote, white Americans didn't have to face? Uh, the the hardest part was having to relearn English. Really? So back when I, I came here and I was in the third grade, I had to take ESL classes because I forgot all my English. Well, so, from the time you went to Mexico mm-hmm, and came from back? From the time okay. I went to Mexico. So I had to relearn English again. I was taking ESL and going taking regular classes. My mom took me out of ESL in the fourth grade. Oh, okay. Um, so that, that was probably the biggest challenge, just having to take uh, English as a second language, having to do my regular work. and uh, just So you had to keep up with the curriculum? While uh, I was trying to learn the language. Wow, but that was a fucking challenge. I, I picked it up quick, though. I was young. I think it took me about six months to learn the language to where I could actually have a conversation with somebody. Right. Well, when you're that young, your brain's pretty much a sponge. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take too long to pick that up. But if you had to do that, what, now in our you know, mid-20s? It's a lot harder. Oh, now. yeah. Yeah. Wow, okay. So, <laughs> uh, what were your... So, going through school, you know, after high school, we're at this point. What were your goals after high school? So right after high school, uh, I joined the military at 17. Wow, joined the okay. Kentucky National Guard. My uh, mom and my stepdad, which I mean, he's been with me since I was three years old, so he's technically my dad. Right. Uh, they had a sign for me. Uh, after I graduated high school, I went to Fort Benning, went through OSET as an infantryman. Okay. Uh, deployed to Iraq at 18. Wow. Um, all because I wanted to go to college. Oh, so, so you did this out of wanting to get an education? Yeah, I wanted to go to college. Okay. Uh, most Latino, I mean, our parents don't save up for us to go to college. Right. So we had to find a way to actually do it. Gotcha. Either work full time or, I mean, just figure something out. Yeah. So I decided to go the military route. I went TKU for a little bit. Okay. Uh, got pulled out, deployed to Iraq. Uh, 
then when I got back, I just didn't want to go to college anymore. I tried it out for a few more semesters, and I just got out. I got used to making money. You think being, like, industrialized, or not industrialized, but militarized kind of changed your perspective on college? Was it harder to, you know, kind of form yourself back into society after that? Uh, I don't I don't think so. Um, it did teach me a lot. helped yeah. me mature a lot. I was 18 when I was over there, so, I mean, I matured right. a lot faster. What was Iraq like? What was your duties over there? What was your job? Uh, I'm an infant- I was an infantryman. We did a lot of a convoy security. Oh, wow. So it was, it was pretty cool. I so was, uh, convoy security, so you're basically guarding a group of people. Mm-hmm. Oh, guarding, yeah, just a lot of guarding, a lot of traveling. Got to see a lot of Iraq. Pretty cool. Got to meet a lot of people. Uh, like I said, I got to see a lot. Beyond the, like, you know, the the war and the blood in Iraq, how, you know, how beautiful is that country? I feel like it is. It's nice, man. Uh, there were there were parts of it that reminded me of back where I was from in Chiapas, man. Okay. So uh, very very rural. Kind of nostalgic well, in a way. Kind of reminds you of a childhood yeah, back in Mexico. A very bit. warm. Very. I, mean, I like the I like the environment. Uh, other than it smelling a little bad, but other yeah. than that, it was pretty good. <laughs> All right. Okay. So you went to the military in aspiration to get a college education after you came out. Figured out you didn't like college. So what did you do after that? Well, I started working full time. Okay. Uh, when I came in, worked for Toyota for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Didn't like it. It was hard work. Gotcha. So props to everybody that works at Toyota. Um, after that, I did work at Amazon, worked security for a little bit. And uh, I'm currently working at Dane Cummins as a salesman. Okay. So have you always been in sales? After no, the that was the first, that's the first time I've been in sales. So it's a whole different skill set. I, mean, right. I, I like it. It's a good job. But, uh, I mean, it's taught me a lot. It's taught me how to talk to people. That's good. So yeah, I was in sales. Uh, well, not many people think this place is uh, salesy, but for Stanley Steamer Carpet Cleaner, <laughs> uh, you actually go into somebody's house, you know, clean their carpets, and then you notice they got tile, they got hardwood, they got couches, they got curtains, whatever. You can clean all kinds of stuff. So I went in there, cleaned their carpet, and then upsell them on that. So I was in sales for a little bit, <clears throat> and it actually taught me how to converse with other people a oh, lot yeah. better too. So you think that the um, getting into sales after the military and whatnot gave you the aspiration to start your own business, your own company? I, I wouldn't say the military did. Well, I was just saying, like, oh, my bad, I worded that wrong. Um, like, your sales position, is that what encouraged you into getting into, like, entrepreneurship? Uh, I think the people I'm surrounded by. Yeah. I'm surrounded by a lot of positive people. Yeah. They're okay. always wanting to uh, become better and just better people around, better the people around them. All right. So uh, I think that kind of inspired me to do it. Okay. Just right. pursue my own thing. You told me you th- you read uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Mm-hmm. And that reminds me of the mastermind group concept. When you're around, you know, like-minded people, people who want the same things that you want and have gotten those things and have a positive, in- uh, in- uh, positive influence onto your consciousness actually helps you better yourself, puts you in the right conscious state you know, put out the right frequencies to manifest your own destiny. And I know you get what I'm talking about. Most people won't, but that's a really cool um, perspective because I got into entrepreneurship all on my own. I didn't really have a group of people that inspired me or had like-mindedness. I just kind of find it on my own. It's really interesting to see somebody else's perspective of actually being in that in that kind of group. Yeah, you have to surround yourself with it or else, man, it's, it'll kick your butt. <laughs> okay, so what steps did you take to start your company? So other than, like, registering and all that? Or? Well, okay, let me phrase this a little better. What inspired you to start your own company? And 
what influences your life made you start a fitness apparel business specifically? Okay, so what inspired me, man, it's my why. So everybody has a why whenever they they start a business. Absolutely. And my why are my parents. So now basically, I don't want my parents struggle to be in vain. So they've given up a lot for me and my little brother to come to the U.S. Um, from leaving their family, starting a having to learn a whole new language and leaving everything behind. So I don't want that struggle to be in vain. So I want to be able to be successful so I can help my parents out. Because being a Latino, obviously, not that you got the residency, but they came illegally. Right. Um, when you come illegally, you can't have any of the benefits that everybody else can. I got you. So meaning if my parents ever want to retire, well, they can't retire because they have to keep working because okay. they don't have Social Security. And if they do, it won't be enough to actually be able to support them. Okay. So I got to be successful in order to be able to retire my parents, get them the house that they want, cars that they want. So that's my motivation is then. Very admirable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, you know, I've always wondered what it's like for an illegal immigrant when they come over here. Like, you know, they're obviously pursuing their dreams because this is the land of the free, land of dreams and opportunity. But I've always, you know, wondered that perspective of the struggle. What what kind of things do they have to deal with legally, like paychecks and money and Hearing that kind of clears up things a little bit for me because I work at a restaurant um, and a lot of our cooks are illegal. And I know that, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not putting anybody on blast. I didn't say any names. (laughs) But I know they probably get paid in cash and whatnot. But I've always wondered about the retirement plans, Social Security, things like that. So basically they're going to have to work for the rest of their life. Basically, man. That's how it works. I mean, you don't get any of the benefits. And that's a a misconception. There's a lot of people think they do, but they don't don't get any benefits at all. So... Yeah, wow, man. Big, this is inspiration is my, are my parents. Well, good on you, man. That's a great why. I kind of have a similar why. Uh, my mom's always struggled. Uh, you know, she got a job as an accountant back in, like, the late 80s, I would say, for a um, horse company. Back back then, it was called Haggard, Davis, and McGee. Now it's called Haggard, I think. They're, like, the number two horse veterinarian farm in the world. Uh, but, you know, about eight, ten years down the line, she got into drugs and then she was on drugs for about two years, and afterwards she had no college degree, but she had an experience being an accountant. So now she's back to factory work. You know, she's 52, back to factory work, working third shift. She weighs about 110 pounds, lifting, you know, 50 pounds over her shoulder over and over and over again from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. And that's my why, is my mom. Um, You know, like medical marijuana could help her pain a lot, but it's not legal here. She's having to work so hard, and I'm hoping that one day I can have enough money to support her and myself, friends and family. So really, really admire that, man. No, for sure. So what things in your life have changed? Things that you weren't expecting and things you were expecting from starting your own company? Like so, day-to-day life. So honestly, not, not much has changed. I still work full-time. Uh, I started my company last month. Well, I launched it last month. But I mean, I'm still working full time. When it's whenever it's my fr- free time, my days off. That's all I do is just work on the business, uh, checking on stuff, checking on emails, marketing. I'm having to learn other things. I'm having to learn photography, mm. having to learn um, like algorithms for Instagram, Facebook. Um, just have to have to be more outgoing. I'm having to learn the process of getting my shirts, my joggers, my leggings. I mean, just everything. Hmm. 
So did you expect a lot of those things, or were a lot of them surprises? Uh, I expected to learn a lot. Yeah. Like uh, the photography, did you expect to have to learn that? No, I did not expect yeah. to learn how to take pictures. Uh, but it's going to save me money in the long run, so I decided to one, just go ahead and learn it. Um, being CEO of a company, you kind of have to learn everything that basically makes your company run. Right. Um, and if you kind of like... Um, streamline a lot of those things you can save money mm -hmm. by like oh sorry by not hiring other people to do it mm -hmm. for you so yeah. okay, not, i'm lucky enough to have a lot of people that want to help me out yeah. my, my partner he's helped me out a lot he's very smart so he's been helping me out with all the things that i'm weak at mm -hmm. and i've known him for the heck freshman year in high school it's so always nice to have a good support system in any kind yeah. of endeavor like that so what's your partner's name jeremy jeremy and did you guys get on this together yeah we did who, uh, who approached who? I approached them with it. Okay. We are uh, eating together at Five Guys. Okay. And it just randomly came up and said, hey, man, we should probably do something. I mean, I'm, I'm saving up my money. Uh, I don't know what to do with it. I tried to get into real estate, but then I figured out that I needed time and I needed money. Right. <laughs> and uh, being in sales, I had the money, but not the time. Gotcha. So I spoke to him and was like, man, we need to come up with something that will give us both. Mm -hmm. So I mean, time and financial freedom. Mm -hmm. right. We came. We went through different things, man. Until we were like, man, let's just let's just do clothes. Hmm. He was like, why? I'm like, well, I mean, if you think about it. We either, we're either in work clothes, or we're at the gym. So why not just start our own fitness brand and rep our own thing? Yeah. I mean, make money off of people asking us why where we got the shirt from. We could just tell them, oh, we'll go to this website and buy it from us. So the difference between you and other bros who talk about starting businesses is uh, you actually did it. <laughs> it, just sounds, so, yeah. it just sounds like a, um, me and my friends back in the day used to think of all these business ideas of what we could do together to, you know, get time and financial freedom. And I feel like we had 100 ideas and tried executing three of them, and they never worked out. Have you had ideas previously to this, to starting your own company or a way to monetize? Oh, dude, I've thought about it probably since I was 20, so about five years now. Okay. And I just never knew what to do. Right. I did so. everything from MLMs, multi-level marketing, mm -hmm. uh, man, to just uh, thinking about real estate, right? Uh, flipping houses, mm -hmm. and I don't know, this just made sense. And yeah. uh, it didn't come overnight. I thought about it for a few months. But just trying to figure out a way that, I mean, how I could fail, and I just couldn't figure out a way. And basically, if I fail, it's going to be on me. Right. Um, and it per made, made perfect sense. I talked to my roommate, my partner now about it. Uh, wanted his two cents in it, his opinion, and he decided to run with it with me, and here's where we're at. So you said you launched uh, the website last month, right? Yeah, we launched officially last month. Okay, so from when you began, like from your conversation at Five Guys to when you launched the website, how large was that time span? So when it began, it was in March. Okay. Uh, actually, February, me and him were talking about it. So it's been this year since you've had the idea? Yeah. Uh, and then March we registered it. So as about an official. So about company. ten months from mm -hmm. an idea to an actual company. Yep. Wow, that's so, impressive, I mean, it man. Takes, it takes some time. We kept it on the download for a while, until we were actually ready to to launch. Once we actually had clothes. Gotcha. In in our hand, we had to go through the samples and get our logo and register and do all these other things. But we kept it on the download for a while. Wow, ten months though, man. I mean. You hear about a lot of people taking two years to launch a business or five years to launch a business. So, I mean, 10 months, I, I guess that's the glory of the Internet. It makes it a little easier. You streamline it a little more. But that doesn't undermine the <clears throat> the perseverance that you've had through the process. That's 
really cool, man. Yeah, that, that man and asking questions. So if you had any advice for young entrepreneurs, as yourself and as I am, what would that be? Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to yeah, ask do questions. Do not be afraid of it, man. I've asked so many questions. I've asked. I've reached out to numerous people. I've reached out to people that have their own fitness brands. Mm-hmm. Um, I've reached out to uh, the person that's in charge of our marketing just to see how how she does it. Um, I mean, I just ask questions. That's it. I'm not wow. afraid of it. It might be a ridiculous question, but I mean, I'd rather be ridiculed for the moment than Absolutely. not know the answer to my question my whole life. Absolutely. So yeah, that's the biggest thing is. Just go for it and don't be afraid to ask questions. That's a that's good advice. I mean, honestly, when I hear people when I ask people that same question, it's uh, don't be afraid to start, which I think is really important. But I also I also think that's kind of obvious. Like if you want to start a business, it's going to be a risk. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to take the time and money out of your own personal well being to put into this. But don't be afraid to ask questions. Now that's really valuable. Uh, mm-hmm. Valuable input so yeah, man, you don't that. know what you don't know so ask hmm. what are your plans for I'm gonna mispronounce this again Parsai Parkai Parkai I'm so sorry yeah. what are your Parkai future plans for Parkai man obviously everybody wants to have their business to grow and be successful mm-hmm. so eventually man I want to have a warehouse I want to be able to be delivered make the whole process and the warehouse have our little gym in the warehouse where we take photos I mean just do everything here at the warehouse, basically, that, that's the goal. Just be able to deliver everywhere. Possibly have some stores. Right. Do you want to start? Do you want to turn it into a physical business? Possibly, yeah. But uh, I'd like all the deliveries to come from the, the warehouse itself. Gotcha. Um, so you guys uh, rent out a warehouse where? Not right now. So okay. right now everything's rented out of our apartment. Oh wow. We got a three bedroom apartment and one of the bedrooms is our, is our office, and that's where we keep all our stuff. A genuine startup. But basically, awesome. man, straight up. That's super cool. Straight though. up. Wow. We uh, we moved from a two bedroom house, a uh, three bedroom house, which my dad owned, and uh, we were like, man, let's move out, let's uh, get a three bedroom apartment, use one of the rooms as an office, and that's what we did. Found a place, ordered our first um, bulk order, and just launched. Hmm. So what's it like working with somebody on a business like this? I like it, man. Uh, yeah. Me, me, and Jeremy, uh, we're we're a good match. Like I told you, he's very smart, so I'm not a numbers guy. He is, though. So, so you're I mean, the sales guy. I'm the sales guy, man. I'm the one that says, hey, let's do it. Right. And I want to run. He basically holds me back from going gotcha. too fast. It's like, hmm. hey, man, let's, let's let's look at these numbers first. So you play on each other's strengths we and do. weaknesses. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm more the sales guy. I'm more of the people person. And he's more of behind the scenes, website, uh, financial. I'm the marketing guy. And like I told you, I mean, we play on each other's weaknesses. That's awesome, man. So what... I'm really curious about this because you see the markets flooded, you know, the fitness market is flooded with supplements, apparel, plans, you know, you got all these guys saying, I got the best workout plan, or I got the best supplement, or this is the best fitting apparel. So I want to know what sets your brand apart from other fitness apparel businesses. I mean, I'm going to be honest, man. I've, I've had this question. I've been asked this question numerous times. I bet. And I mean, uh, one of the things that uh, what probably set us, sets us apart is eventually we want to do donations. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to give out to the community. Okay. Which I feel like some brands don't do. But, yeah. I mean, uh, we do want to do that. Once we start growing a little bit, we want to be able to give. So you want to donate, like, product or money or both? Money. Money. We want to be able to donate, I mean, just different charities. And like I said, we just started up. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's in the works. Right. We want to be able to give. That's so awesome, we want to be man. able to support our community and people that support us. Right. 
Yeah, I'll, I feel um, like I feel like that's what's gonna set us apart. Absolutely, man. I have a, you know, just from a personal opinion, I have a greater respect for companies who actually give back to their community rather than just being hoarders. Even if their product's great and I love it, if they're not giving back in some way, I kind of lose respect. And I actually quit buying products from certain companies because they don't, and they're very greedy. But um, you know, my question was actually directed towards the apparel itself, but I love the answer. But what in the apparel, like as in the leggings or as in the shirts, what's different about them than the, from other products? Well, man, I could say it's the quality, but okay. that's that's a general. That's just everybody's gonna answer that the same right. way. Uh, I mean, our, our leggings. Uh, everybody's falling in love with the leggings. Uh, they're the highest. They're the densest material, so they're not see-through. Oh, okay. um, they have pockets. A lot of the females. That's important. A lot of the pockets. females we uh, did a survey on. They're like, man, we we just want pockets on our leggings. Hmm. So I was like, okay. I mean, what else? I mean, well, we don't want them to be see through. We want to be able to work out and not have creeps looking at us. Absolutely. I'm like, okay, okay, that's another positive. And so that's the biggest thing is we want to keep the density of our material, and the pocket of our material. They're also high waisted, so I mean, they they form your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, now with the joggers, uh, we have him. Uh, our logos are embroidered, which mm-hmm. I mean, I have such a hard time saying that word. Embroidered, embroidered. Yeah. They're sewn yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, we we get them sewn. Gotcha. They're sewn uh, in. They're yep. not an iron-on patch. Yep. Uh, so is our our leggings. Awesome. So it, it gives it that quality that people are looking for. So I you, see you're wearing a shirt. Sorry to interrupt you. I see you're wearing a shirt today. What about the shirts? How does that feel? Oh, do they feel good? Um, they're form-fitting. Is it like Under Armour silky, or is it different? They're a little silky. A little silky? They are a little silky. They're form-fitting. They're, I like uh, the silky. Yeah, uh, well, I, I like it. We're yeah. working on a, on a different material here soon, so we're going to have different things. So what's the different mm-hmm. material going to be like? Uh, it's going to be a tri-blend. Tri-blend? Mm-hmm. So it's gonna have so different what's the material. goal going with that material? So uh, these are form-fittings. A lot of people don't like wearing stuff that are tied to their bodies. Gotcha. So the other ones are going to be something that you could just wear out in public. I mean, it's going to have... Uh, a little bit of rayon in it, so it's going to be, uh, whenever you work out, it's going to stick to your muscles. It's going to basically just drape over your body. Mm, okay. Um, I've had shirts like this before, and I, I think it'll be a good fitting for our business, uh, just just a different uh, collection to our brand. Gotcha. Kind of like a, and I did the smacking thing again, Eric smacked me. Uh, kind of like Under Armour's fitting, uh, what do they call that material? Compression, compression shirts. The mm-hmm. compression shirts versus yeah. their just t-shirt apparel. Yeah, these are little, these are compression. There. Okay. And uh, we've noticed ladies don't really like compression shirts, which that was our mistake. Hmm. We learned, and which me and my partner, we knew we were gonna make mistakes, and it's just gonna happen, and we just have to learn from them. So uh, we're we're gonna come up with something different, different material, little um, loose fitting, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. But we still want the quality. We don't want people to wear it and material is going to rip in a few months. We, mm-hmm. wanna, we want people to see our logo and know that that's quality. Absolutely. I got to say, I love your attitude about the approach to this. You saying, like, that was our mistake. Our, pro- uh, our My partner and I knew we were going to have problems. We knew we were going to make mistakes, ask a lot of questions. And, you know, I've been an, a wannabe entrepreneur for, like, six, seven years myself. And I've heard... So many entrepreneurs have this egotistical approach to starting a business as like, you got to know you're going to do it. You got to know you're going to win, blah, 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 that headstrong crap. But they never mention that kind of stuff. And oh, I dude, just I'm, love your attitude. About I'm that. a realist. Yeah. I'm a realist. I know anything can happen. Absolutely. But like I told you before, it's going to be on me and my partner whether this succeeds or not. Yeah. And I mean, you just never know. How I mean, much pressure is that, man? Is that a lot of pressure to you? 
Yeah, but I try not to think about it. Yeah. I try to be positive at the same time, but I'm also a realist. There you go. So That's a good kind of like too. you believe in the law of attraction. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Same thing. You have to keep positive. You have to keep thinking that you're going to succeed mm-hmm. and keep those thoughts in your head and you'll attract it. Absolutely. Man. So I write, wake up every morning at five in the morning. I have a notebook and I write down my goals, write down my why, and I write down where I want to be every morning. Every morning at 5 a.m.? Yeah, man. I work out, so I have really long hours at work. So do you work so, out before you go to work? Mm-hmm. Five in the morning, I wake up at 4.30. It takes me about 30 minutes to wake up all the way, roll over, look at my Instagram feed, look at my notifications, finally get up, right. get my notebook, get my pre-workout, start writing, and then head to the gym. But to you, that morning Instagram rollover is not just a scroll to wake up. That's you monitoring your business. Yep. There we go. I get a shit ton of notifications. So wow. I got to respond to my comments, look who else clicked on what, and get up <laughs> so let's get to the real questions here what's your workout regimen like oh uh, dude I'm, i mix it up a lot i do a lot of uh high like i guess we could say high reps but my high reps are from 12 to 15 reps okay. medium weight i figured out that your body can't tell between very heavy weight and low weight if you do 10 pounds 100 times it'll feel just like we're doing 100 pounds one time gotcha so I figured that out, and everybody's body's different. So Absolutely. your body's gonna react different to work to different workouts, and that's just what's work what's helped me out. I mean, so I do you like? Work- sorry to interrupt, man. Uh, you fine? Do you jump from like cutting to bulking? Yeah, back and forth. So right now I'm in my bulking phase. You're in your bulking phase yeah, now until March. That's a good so phase. Just, you get to eat a lot. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I'm excited for it. Uh, which I'm, I mean, I normally I can eat whatever, but if I want to lean out, be extra lean, I need to cut out all the carbs and. Do you have a fast metabolism? Thing. Mm-hmm. I yeah. do. So if I don't work out and I don't eat right, man, I'll lose weight like crazy. Oh, that sucks. I'm a skinny guy. Yeah. So I got to s- stay working well, out. you're pretty built for a fast metabolism, like, skinny dude, dude. Oh, man, thanks, but it's been a lot of work. I started working out. I was 120 pounds, oh. so I was skinny. I mean, I could run forever. I could run. Up. How much do you weigh now? 160. You gained, what, 40 pounds? Yeah. That's seven years. Still, that's 40 but, pounds of muscle. I mean, you're adding yeah. weight to your body. I'm trying to. I'm not. I'm not done. I'll get. I'll get bigger. Try to oh, do it naturally. Can't wait to see the new mania in about seven more years. Going to add forty more pounds. Big as hell. Oh, Running this that's awesome the barrel business. <laughs> Be all veiny. What's your diet like when you're cutting? Being like. Oh, oh dude. So everybody at work makes fun of my diet, because uh, basically sweet potatoes, lean turkey. I mean ground turkey, uh-huh. uh, brown rice, and a lot of my food doesn't have flavor on it. And I actually pay my mom to build, do my foods because she loves to cook. So I pay her a month. She packages it up, does my meal prepping. And then once I get to work, I buy Cheetos or I buy Lay's and I just dunk it on there. And I put hot sauce and then I get some bread and I put uh, cream cheese on it. And wow. dude, I just basically dirty up my whole meal, pre- meal prep. But <laughs> it's so good. So what do you eat now in the bulking stuff? That's, that's what oh, I'm eating. I'm just putting green cheese and bread and. Lays or Cheetos, hmm. but Cheeto puffs are my favorite. So yeah. put put a little hot sauce on there. The hot ones? No, I just do regular ones. Oh, and then you I put like hot to enjoy my food, them. and then I put hot sauce on it. Oh, okay. So I like different? to enjoy it. Okay. Yeah, it, it is different. Everybody, like I told you, everybody makes fun of my diet, but it works for me. Hey, man, to each his own. Right? <laughs> I ain't judging. Uh, I actually do intermittent fasting. To uh, You do too? Yeah, I do too. So what uh, times of the day do you eat? So I normally eat around 12 to 1. One. And then I'll eat again around five or six to six, and then I won't eat again till the next day around. Until your next first around, meal, yeah, like twelve, 12 to one. one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I do like sixteen and then eight. 
Okay. So you like eat at 10 at night and then you eat at 2 mm-hmm. p.m. the next day and then 10 at night. Oh, so but yeah, 16, 8, 16, 8. I bench eat, so I'll eat anything at that point. Really? You don't measure your calories or anything? When oh, you no, eat? dude. I just eat whatever. I listen to my body, so once my body's full, I stop eating. But until then, dude, I will stuff my face. Oh, well, that's the benefit of having a fast <laughs> metabolism. <laughs> yep. I don't have that, so I really have to count um, my calories and my carbs, mostly the carbs. Calories don't really matter too much, but the carbs, if I eat like, uh, let's say a Jimmy John sandwich and don't take the bread out or something, I, I'll see it the next day. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I'm not that way. I can basically eat whatever right now. Once I get older, that'll probably change, but I'm enjoying it right now. Well, I'm jealous. <laughs> oh, yeah, we talked about Park High. I said it right that time? Mm-hmm. Sweet. Go finger. But um, where did you get the inspiration of the logo? What made you do the logo? Which, to the listeners, I know you can't see it, but it's basically like the Assassin's Creed dude. This hood's up over his face, and it's just the bottom half. No eyes, and a black hood, and a it's white. The, like, it's the lower half of a woman's face. Oh, it's a woman's face? Yeah, it's a woman's face. Okay. So, uh, honestly, man, so Park High are three goddesses of fate and destiny right Mm -hmm. so we had to make it feminine gotcha and we had to make it aesthetic we had to get a logo that people would want to wear right uh me being a guy i don't care if i wear a female on my on my shirt as long as it looks good yeah but i mean that that's basically the motivate the where we got the ideas park hire three goddesses of fate and destiny so we had to go with something that matched that Hmm. So what made and you think about the hood to make it like make, kind of makes it mysterious. Yeah, mysterious. It gives it a mysterious look to it. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Oh, I love the logo. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. And I'm definitely gonna buy a shirt because I love that shirt you got on. I haven't even really visited your website. I'm sorry. I definitely will after this. No, you're good. But I just now actually got an extra money lately, and I've been wanting to buy some of your stuff because uh, Olivia, my girlfriend, wears some of your leggings. Yeah, the leggings. And everything you said, the high hips, the pocket. The you can't see through it. She loves every part of it. She said, honestly, it is the best pair of leggings she's ever bought. And she's bought Gymshark and uh, what's that other one? The competitor to Gymshark, it's big. There's Alpha Elite. Alpha Elite? I yeah. think that's it. She's got two pairs of those. She said the uh, Park High is way better. Yeah, dude, those are some really good brands, too. And her opinion should be revered because she's honestly more fit than i am sometimes we kind of battle back oh she's in shape man she's one of the fittest females i know exactly so i mean that opinion coming from her definitely check out this apparel well i don't really have too many other questions written down for you unless you have something you want to speak on yourself well man honestly i mean i'd like people to check it out um can i say the website yeah, dude, go so for it. I mean, Plug the, whatever you want. The website's www.parkai, that's P-A-R-C-A-E-apparel, A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Okay. Uh, so definitely check us out. Check us out on Instagram, which is Parkai, P-A-R-C-A-E, underscore apparel, and then check us out on Facebook. Okay. Also feel free to add me on Instagram or Facebook, Manuel Alvarez. On Instagram, it's Manuel.Alvarez202. At which 202 used to be my roster number at basic training. Gotcha. All right. So it stuck. Yeah. <laughs> it stuck with me. Instead of a name, they give you a number, and that was my number. Right. Do you go by Alvarez a lot? Yeah. Do your I friends do. call you Alvarez? My, all my military boys call me Alvarez. Gotcha. And like close friends call you Manny? Yeah, or uh, Haiti. Uh, they didn't get a name change back when I was 16. So a lot of my friends from high school still call me Haiti. Haiti was your actual name? Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, it's H A D D Y. Huh. That's nuts. Uh, oh, do you have any like promotions for your products right now on your website? 
Uh, so we're doing a 10% discount. It's, uh, it's the code is FITLEX, F-I-T-L-E-X. FITLEX, okay. So if anybody wants to go ahead and use that discount code, go ahead. Uh, and we're doing free shipping until October 31st. Hey, heard that. Free shipping till October 31st? 10% anywhere off the with US. the promo code FITLEX. Gotcha. And that's anywhere in the U.S. So, I mean, take full advantage of it. Because, I mean, if you live far, shipping could be, get a little expensive. And we're taking care of that. Awesome, man. Well, well, I appreciate you coming on to the podcast today. Um, appreciate you having me here. Absolutely, man. I've had fun. Well, until next time, guys, check out Manny's website. Buy a shit. It is dope. And we love you. <laughs>